You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. So, the Mets did win three out of four against the Washington Nationals. That's good. It's also an afterthought. But we talk a little bit about these games, the latest on the trade deadline on this edition of Rico Bronia. Uh, The Mets do win on Sunday afternoon against Washington after what was a shaky beginning to the game. Verlander can't make the play on a comebacker. Turns into an infield hit. Jaimir Candelario gets a base hit. The Nationals steal a run with an obvious double steal. Omar Narvaez dumbly throws to second base, and the Nationals take an early 1-0 lead. The Met offense responds in the bottom of the first inning. Pete Alonso, who has definitely gotten hot, delivers an RBI single, and the Mets end up having a, a decent offensive day. They score three runs in the third inning, get back-to-back extra base hits from Lindor and McNeil, another RBI from Pete Alonso. They get a home run from Francisco Lindor, and the Mets hold on. They beat the Nationals 5-2. to two. What was interesting, and I'm not sure how long this is going to last, is the bullpen. Because without David Robertson, and presumably without, I would guess, Adam Adovino, and I mentioned this on the last Rico, I am not in a rush to trade Brooks Raley because he's a key piece of this bullpen next year. So I'm not rushing to deal him unless I'm getting some great deal back. But how are the Mets going to handle their bullpen now without having an obvious reliever you trust at the back end of games in David Robertson. And what they did on Sunday is they squeezed as much as they could out of Justin Verlander. He pitched into the sixth inning. He threw over 100 pitches. After he gives up that one-out hit to Kiebert Ruiz and the pitch counts over 100, Buck decides, let me go David Peterson. Let me challenge David Peterson, even though it's 5-1 to one at that point. And I thought Peterson overall was really good. Because not only does he get a big double play with a runner on first and one out, but even after Brandon Nimmo flat out drops a ball in center field and he promptly gives up an RBI single, that was the moment where the Nationals could have come back in this game. And this could have turned into a disaster. This could have turned into the exclamation point on this awful season. Blowing a game on Sunday with a 5-1 to lead after making all these trades, uh, it just would have been another kick in the balls. And instead, David Peterson, to his credit, gets a – 6-4-3 double play against Alex Call. Gets an out in the eighth inning. And the Met bullpen's pieced together well. Adam Adovino gets two big outs in the eighth. And then Brooks Raley gets the final three in the ninth inning. I do think Adovino is probably a guy that gets moved, mainly because there's a chance he's a free agent at the end of the season. There is a player option for Adam Adovino. And again, this is the way I'm viewing these trades over the next 48 hours. I am viewing them in terms of, yeah, what can I get back? But also, can that guy help me next year? So when this game ended and the Mets beat the Nationals, Billy Epler met the media, and I heard what he had to say, which is a lot better than reading transcripts because I I have certainly learned over the years, and even with Max from the other night, transcripts are black and white. 
kind of want to hear how a guy says things. So Billy Epler, I thought basically told us the game plan. I think he laid it all out. We are going to see what we can get in terms of rebuilding this farm system. And Steve Cohen is committed to spending to make that happen. So if it means picking up a big part of Max Scherzer's contract like they did on Saturday night, sure, we'll do that. But we are not, and this is a direct quote, Pete. I want you to make a T-shirt. We are not punting 2024. That was the line. Now, you may think he's a liar, or you may think he'll be unemployed next year. So who cares what he says? But I do believe that the organizational philosophy, and it'll have to be backed up with action, and I believe it will, is that they are not making these trades to punt 2024. And if that's the case, you make your job more difficult on building in 2024 if you take away pieces that can help you in 2024. So I've made peace with the Max Scherzer trade, but to deal Justin Verlander, walk me through how the Mets are going to replenish this rotation if now you're trying to replace both Scherzer and Verlander, that's a problem. And that's why they can't trade him. No, I, I get it. I, I understand the big picture scenario of 2024 is, is going to be a competitive year, which we've talked about. It should be. Honestly, I mean, it's the, the payroll being, again, we think that the payroll is going to be higher than it was this year. Correct? I think it's going to be on that same plateau. I mean, is it going to be a few dollars higher? I'm not sure. Because the reason I hesitate on that, Pete, let me explain why. I don't know if they're going to invest in position players. They have Escobar coming off the books. They have Canna coming off the books. They have Robbie Cano coming off the books. I think they're still paying James McCann a little bit, so he's still being paid. But they could conceivably look at the core of young players they have and say, we're not really adding position players. So you may replace the funds for those position players, by adding on to the rotation with arms. So when you ask me, are they going to have a higher payroll than this season? It may not be higher, but it's going to be really high. Is that a fair answer? Yes, but on the other hand, too, I also look at the big picture as well. Like you talked about, you know, got rid of Robertson. Obviously, Edwin Diaz is going to be back next year. You trade out of Eno, Brooks Rail, you keep. But if we look through up and down this bullpen, that was one of the worst parts about this team as well. So yes. you have to invest money into that on top of it. So it's it's bullpen and starting pitching. But that's why, Pete, trading Brooks Raley. And again, I, what you get back matters. So I hate making the blanket statement of I don't want to trade Brooks Raley or I don't want to trade Justin Verlander. There are obviously trades out there that you would say, wow, you got to make that deal. Wow, that's such a crazy return. I'll deal with the other issues that are created. That's such a good return. I'll make that trade. So whenever I say I prefer not to trade a guy, please keep that in the back of your mind. It's not a blanket 1,000% statement because it would be foolish to think that way. And I don't think that way. But to your point about building a bullpen next year, you make it more difficult if you're looking for even more pieces to build your pen. Right now, Edwin Diaz is a part of the 2024 New York Met bullpen. You are looking for other controllable pieces that are going to prove kind of points over the next few months where you say, okay, I want to go next year with this guy in my bullpen. I'll get to it a little bit later. That's what I want to see from David Peterson. I am not in a rush to put David Peterson back in the rotation. Maybe the Mets are. We'll see what they decide to do. I want to test him out of the bullpen. 
I want to challenge him. I want to see if David Peterson could become a big piece out of the bullpen in 2024. I know everybody hates the guy already, but Trevor Gott is a guy who's sort of auditioning for next season. So there are going to be some auditions, but I don't want to make the job more difficult by subtracting a piece like Rayleigh, who would actually be a very good piece of the 2024 New York Met bullpen. So when you make these trades over the next 48 hours, I'm thinking of a few things. I'm thinking of what the return is, but I'm also thinking of how do I replace that guy? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So they've traded Max Scherzer. They got a return that I'm starting to get excited about. How can you not? Especially an athletic kid like that who could steal 50, 60 bases. That's tremendous. Like I'm starting to think of, wow, Acuna could be a part of the Mets in 2024. He could be the center fielder of the future. But now you have to replace Max Scherzer. If you trade Verlander, and we'll get to Verlander's comments because I heard those two, so I heard the tone of his voice, to replace Verlander and Scherzer, where you would be going, assuming the return on Verlander is not a ready rotation piece, assuming that's not coming back, you're looking at next year starting off with just Kodai Senga and Jose Quintana. That's it. Like I don't think there's anybody else even some of the young kids that are emerging, like Mike Vassell, who you could put in pen in this rotation, you can't put any of those guys in pen. There are pieces that you can think of impacting them in 2024, but you can't write that in permanent ink. Which means if you trade Verlander and you're not returning a ready rotation piece, you need to sign at minimum three arms or acquire three arms. And that's damn expensive. On top of the money you're spending to say goodbye to Verlander and Scherzer. And by the way, the guys are probably not as good as a 40-year-old Justin Verlander. Yeah, but not for nothing. This has been the, their MO for the past two seasons. Like, think about it. They've done that's exactly what they did. They got Chris Bassett. They got Max Scherzer. This is last year. They got those two. Um, was Walker still on the team, I think, already at that point in time? But yeah. And then this year, they had to do the same thing. They had the, they got Katana. They got Sanga. They got Verlander. I mean, this has been the MO of the, uh, of the Mets so far. And Billy but Epler. it's tough, dude. It's tough to build a rotation every year when you're starting. And I think it would be more difficult this offseason if you're only starting with the pieces of Sanga and Katana to build around. You know, I'd like to go into the offseason because as of right now, assuming they keep Justin Verlander, I think that number of starting pitches you have to add is two as opposed to three. And that's a significant difference. And I'm also looking at the quality. Like the quality of what you're going to replace them with is what? We've gone through some of the free agents, some of the possible acquisitions. It's asking a lot. 
So if the return on Verlander is enormous and you can't turn away from it, okay, it's a different discussion. I'm not sure that's what the return is going to be. Now, I do raise my hand now and admit, Pete, I don't know what the return is going to be because I was genuinely surprised that they were able to get as much back for Max Scherzer as they did. So is it possible that there is a team, maybe it's the Houston Astros bringing them home, that returns something so valuable to the Mets that, all right, fine, go buy three starting pitchers next year. Sure. As far as what Verlander said, I think Verlander basically said the same thing Max Scherzer said, except in a less douchey way. That's how I would view it. Because Verlander, A, went out of his way to talk about the fans. And he went out of his way to say, I really don't know what I want. I got to kind of talk to ownership. He didn't sound mad about it. He sounded surprised. And I thought Verlander made a very clear point, which is, I want to win next year. And if the message is, hey, we're going to spend big to win next year, I'm good with being here. If, and I certainly hope the Mets aren't giving him a message of, nah, we're, we're, we ain't interested in winning in 2024 because that's not something I think. That's not something a lot of Mets fans think. That'd be a terrible message. I, I also think the point Verlander made was, I need to know what my options are, which I think has nothing to do with the Mets and has more to do with, I may want to go here, but I may not want to go there. If he's presented the chance to go back to Houston, I think we'd all assume that's a no-brainer. He's going to say yes to that. If he's presented a chance to go to Cincinnati, he may say no. He may. It's nothing against Cincinnati, but I think Verlander made clear that he wants to know what the opportunities are. We don't know what teams would trade for him. That is a big factor here. But Verlander absolutely opened the door to waiving his no-trade clause. There, there's no question about that. No, and, and, but just a question, because what do you think that they will say to Verlander to make him think differently of what Scherzer basically said? Said, yes, I'll waive my no-trade clause. Get me out of here. Because Scherzer would have been here too, and they'd both be competing for 2024. Well, I, it's possible the Mets never actually met with Max Scherzer. It's possible they never said anything to him. They just literally made a deal with Texas and called up Scott Boris and said, hey, he wants out. We got a deal ready to go with Texas. And there may not have been full conversations about here's what our plans are for the future. I, I think we assume that there was until Max Scherzer says there was or Billy Epler says there was. There's no guarantee that happened. He could have just been presented with a trade with a, hey, do you want to prove this or not? I, I would hope that if there is any discussion, Billy Epler or Steve Cohen would follow what we have all surmised, which is. And basically what Billy alluded to when he met the media on Sunday, which is we're trying to replenish the farm system. We're using our financial might to do it, but we are not sitting around not trying to win next year. And Billy has much said that. That's why I think the Met plan is actually crystal clear. If anyone tells you, I don't think the Mets have a plan, that's not true. The Mets have said, now, obviously this plan has gone different than we all expected because of the way this team has gone and their record and the fact they're trading guys off. But they have always been consistent about, we want to build the farm system. And in the meantime, we're going to use our financial might to compete. The variation right now is they're using their financial might to make contracts that no one else would take delectable enough to take prospects back. And then next year, they're going to do the same thing. Because you can't say if you're Billy Epler, we are not punting next year. We are trying to win next year and not go out and acquire pitching next year because they're not bringing pitching back now. So 
if I'm taking Epler and Cohen when he has met the media at their word, and I am, I've got no reason to call them liars, then they're using the financial might now to build the system, which they are. The farm system is better today than it was five days ago. And then next year during the offseason, they're going to buy more pitching. We will all debate on which pitchers we want. And those are fun debates. I want this. You want that. You like this. I like that. But I do think that that's the road they're going down. And I just think it makes it a more difficult road when you need to sign even more arms. I also think with Verlander, and we saw this on Sunday against Washington, he's still good. Uh, Granted, we want more than five and a third innings, obviously. But if you look at the way he's pitched over his last handful of starts, he's been very, very good. And while he's come up small in some big spots, certainly not against the Yankees. He's pitched well against the Yankees both times. But really, the game against Atlanta jumps out at us a while back. We have less proof that Verlander is going to choke for us the way Max did. We do. 